The opinions stated in this podcast do not reflect the opinions of the Alestal as a whole. Welcome back to the Alestal After Hours. I'm Hannah Ledford, and with me I have Damien Morris. I'm a multimedia editor. And Chloe Wolf, I'm the opinion editor. And something that I want to mention that's kind of fun is Chloe and I have shared trauma because we both work at Walmart. Walmart! Yay! Yay! I'm suffering right now. I'm working like 70 hours a week at both my jobs. How are you doing on that? It is bleak. It is. Honestly. It is so bleak. I'm only there two days and it's like the dark cloud over my week. So so real. I'm there like five days when I'm not here and it's awful. We have a miner who thinks he's all that. He he genuinely said the words, I made the call. We had a customer outside. The most serious you've ever heard. Mm. And it's Walmart. Mm-hmm. It's Walmart. It's not that serious. Oh, no. It's so serious. Apparently, to everybody it is. Not me. I don't care. <laughs> I got whistled at like a dog <laughs> to get my attention. <laughs> you work in the jewelry section, don't you? Yeah. Ugh, I, I work in OGP, which I think it's called OPD now. It's like I put groceries in your car. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you, when I'm picking the groceries, I get asked the stupidest questions you've ever heard. I swear, people lose their brain cells in that store. Where's the juice? I don't know, maybe the aisle that says juice. Where are the potato chips? The aisle that says chips. Those were all questions I had in one day. I went. Father's Day. I went, I think I had to do that on Father's Day. I had to, they pulled yeah. me to do yeah. OGP. Yeah, because everybody calls in. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like five of you and you're running around all day and regretting your life choices of not calling in. Uh-huh. But it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. At least I get an hour-long lunch break. No, it's That's great. about all I got. Yeah. I could talk I get, about that for hours. I get a 15-minute break that I take for So true. It's actually 45 like, minutes. So true. So true. Anyways... <laughs> disregarding the joys of Walmart, we are here today to talk about how it's been one year since Roe vs. Wade was overturned. Yeah. I think it was, tom- it's tomorrow, the 21st. Wow. I think it was one year, pretty sure. I think. I might have done research on that. I don't really remember. <laughs> it was around, like, September of last year's, like, when the protests were starting mm-hmm. regarding it. Because yeah. that's that's around the time that I uh, covered one last year yeah. that it was uh, in front of the uh, courthouse in Edwardsville. Yep. Some great photos. Check yeah. it out, you know. Shameless plug. Go oh, check yeah, it out. Yeah. Well, you know, it was interesting to me. It, what, what was interesting to me about this protest in particular was unlike a lot of uh, protests I've been to and a lot of the ones I've covered, mm-hmm. this one, the people coordinating it actually knew what they were talking about and in my experience that's very rare with uh you know protest it's kind of just a lot of echo chambers but this one it was i was very impressed with you know they were both uh you know college students who uh you know organized this themselves Mm -hmm. you know they were just working on it from a uh perspective of they're like i i don't like what i'm hearing i just want to set up a protest and that's what they uh you know that's what they did which is you know it got the attention of a lot of legislators and it got attention of a lot of people they had a lot of people showing up you know uh, the 
time was even changed and even though it was changed partway through there were still people who showed up at the scheduled time mm -hmm. and were out there so it was pretty much the entire day and that that that's one thing that really stood out to me about this is how that motivated that in people as well yeah i think it was a really personal thing for a lot of people so i think it meant a lot more mm -hmm. than maybe other protests might yeah i think what really made me mad about the whole thing was I'm, I'm gonna go into my political science major brain but the court is supposed to be the supreme court is supposed to be a um a neutral party and what we've seen a lot in recent years is it moving towards um, party voting for a lot of the judges. Most of this started back in um, the last term or the last year of Obama's second term when he tried to appoint a, um, a justice for, I don't remember, uh, one of them was leaving. It wasn't um, RBG but another guy and I think it was the Senate and the House were controlled by Republicans. And they said, nope, you can't do that in the last 100 days of your term. And then during Trump's presidency, RBG died and someone else retired and somebody else also retired, I think. And it was one was during his last um, 100 days of his term and still were controlled by Republicans. And they said, yep, you can do that. So it's kind of like a double standard. And Republicans got a super majority in the court. And the way the court was made is it was supposed to be a neutral party. The way any court is supposed to work is you're unbiased, you're looking at it completely from legal terms. And what we've seen in the last couple of years is a lot more um, leaning towards personal beliefs. I remember mm -hmm. reading a couple articles during Roe v. Wade when that was overturned with, what was it called? Dobbs versus Jackson. And I think it came from somewhere in the South. I think it was Mississippi. But so the way the Supreme Court works is when the Constitution was written, every single part of the government had balances and checks. So the president is checked by the House who can impeach them. The House and Senate is the legislative branch is checked by the executive branch, which is the, um, the president. And the president, the executive branch is checked by the judiciary branch, which is the court. So it was like one of the first cases they heard, though, and it basically gave them judicial review, which means they have the right to look at any law that is passed by the United States government, not vetoed by the president, and they can decide if it's legal or not. So they basically, they're very powerful, even if the average American doesn't really see it as that. And the thing with the judiciary branch opposed to executive and legislative branch is that they are not voted in by the people. They are voted in by the president and approved by one of the branches. I don't really remember. It's either the House or the Senate. So the average American person pretty much has no say over the court. And that's what is so scary about the court. The average American doesn't believe that Roe v. Wade should have been overturned. But because there is a supermajority of a, the Republicans in the court, many of them are following their um, Christian values to decide on that right I think that's what bothers me so much is that there's mm -hmm. people who want to make decisions based on their personal beliefs mm -hmm. and they basically have the power to enforce their personal beliefs on yeah. everyone else yeah this is by Pew Research uh, a lot of political science majors used Pew Research I use it literally all the time but 
Uh, about six in ten Americans say abortion should be legal in all or most cases. That's about 61% of the population, so a majority. Mm-hmm. I remember reading an article when Roe v. Wade was first overturned by Dobbs, and it said that there was a, um evangelical Christian who mm-hmm. said she went into the court and prayed with the justices during session, which is highly illegal. Yeah. It goes against um, separation of church and state. And there's a lot of different interpretations of what separation of church and state. There's like, is it pushing it? Is it not pushing it? Is it, it's something to do with the lemon test. Thank you, Professor Loy Rice, for mm-hmm. teaching me that. I love you. But there's a lot of debate on separation of church and state right now. Yeah. Especially in the court. Well, I think that's a lot of what happens when law doesn't get direct clarity. And yeah. that's that's one of the biggest issues I think that can come across from something like that is you haven't set out strict standards, haven't set out a guideline. So that's why there's so much debate. Yeah. You can't really expect people to follow a law and not have clear standards for what that law states. So until we get some actual clarity on it, I don't think we're going to come to an agreement on what's legal and what's not. Yeah. um, I think that's been a problem with the United States for pretty much forever is separation of church and state. There's been a, a ton of court cases about that. And they all say like different things about it. It it really just depends on the court you get. Well, I mean, it also shows the difficulty of getting someone who is truly impartial into mm-hmm. the political sphere. Yeah, I mean, very it's, hard. It's very difficult to find someone who is truly going to be impartial in those cases. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who take advantage of that difficulty. You know, yeah. and that's that's what you see is there's a lot who use this, you know, guise of objectivity as a means to push whatever agenda they're fighting for. Yeah. Yep. I will say um, Sandra Day O'Connor, she was the first woman justice on the Supreme Court and she was known as the swing voter. So she was a Republican, but and she I think she was appointed by Reagan, but she was one of the few that wouldn't vote on a specific, oh, this is the liberal side and this is the Republican side. She would, she was the great swing voter. So I think it's really cool to, or it, that she was how it should be. You shouldn't vote mm-hmm. strictly on party lines. Yeah. Especially when you are the law and you're supposed to only follow the law and not have personal feelings within these cases. Right. So Justice Claire Thomas, in his concurring opinion, so they'll have a, opinion of the whole court on their decision and then some will write dissenting opinions like that's what Ruth Bader Ginsburg was known as the great dissenter because she would always dissent and write these massive letters but he wrote a concurring opinion which means he agrees with it and he said that any case that was um, covered or supported I think it's due process let me look that up before I go all about this okay yes due process uh, which means that Everybody has a right to something, and you can't really go against that. But a lot of important cases for minorities was under the same thing. So, like, 
not interracial marriage. That was one of the few that was left out because Clarence Thomas is a black man married to a white lady. Mm -hmm. So that's the only one he didn't say they should look at. That one's called Loving. And he went after the, he said, we should also look back at the gay marriage rights. So I have never know, I never know how to pronounce this, but it's Obergfell versus Hodges, which is um, the right to gay marriage. And then also Griswold v. Connecticut the right to contraceptives for a married couple. And then I think they also looked at Lawrence v. Texas, which is, um, it's illegal to make sodomy laws. So in his concurring opinion, Clarence Thomas said that he wanted to go back and look at these cases. So I think, personally, I think Roe v. Wade isn't about just the right to abortions. I think it's about um, taking uh, rights away from a lot of different minorities, except for loving, which is, again, the right to... um, interracial marriage which Clarence hat is in currently it's totally the only one biased. he didn't go off yeah. obviously it's not biased or anything you know and that's the only one he left out that's under due process mm-hmm. the only one which is just hypocrisy at its finest its finest yeah. I know that Illinois is a blue state so I know abortion didn't go away here but did it go away other places I wouldn't say it went away completely in a lot of places. I know that it had a very massive ban, though. So under Roe v. Wade, I'm pretty sure it was abortion up to 15 or 12 weeks. Let me look that up. I heard something about six weeks. Yes, that is in Texas. Ridiculous. That is in Texas. That is the current law. Or actually, I think there the um, Texas Supreme Court is hearing some cases about that law, and I think they might be working on overturning that. Because it wasn't full rights. Roe v. Wade basically gave rights to a certain point, not throughout the pregnancy, unless it was a danger to the person who had was bearing the child. I think that was what it said. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds right. Yeah. Because, again, this was heard in the 70s, and it's just before the conservative push. So mm-hmm. it was still pretty pretty Christian at the time. 24 weeks of pregnancy, I think. Yeah. Or fetal viability, which is when the fetus can live outside of um, the parent. Okay. Is that the second trimester? I think so. Yes. I think the second trimester is what they said in the court documents, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say there's been a lot more research done on that. So it has changed a little bit since then. Thank you, Lori Rice. She's my icon. I love her. If you get a chance, I'm so serious. Take a political science class with her because she is so knowledgeable on everything. I took an online, all online political science class. I think it was just intro, but I don't don't remember who my professor was. I love the political science department. They're so cool to me. I got to see a selfie of Miss Loy Rice at Washington during when the cherry blossoms were blooming and she had a little selfie in front of the Capitol oh building. Goodness. She went there to go talk about one of her books. I, She's so cool. I was gonna say, I've, I've interviewed her, I think, a couple times for the She's paper. She's so cool. If I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure she said she actually worked for her school paper as well. Oh, I Aww. love Lori Rice. So it's yeah. so that that was interesting to hear. I yeah. think, actually, think last time I talked to her was uh, during the last election when we were covering it. She and does a lot of research because, on elections because I was talking to her as uh, that that story that was from a perspective of how different uh, 
candidates were handling COVID regulations. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of what that story was on. So I remember talking to her about that. Yeah, I talked to her for uh, our trans laws story. And gosh, the way she talks, she's just so cool. She just, like, it's not even her, um, like, specialty. And she just knew so much about that. And when I had her class, I would ask her about a bunch of different cases that were going on at the time. And she just knew it off the top of her head. She's so iconic. I love her. Mm-hmm. Even one of my high school teachers went here, and she talks about her, too. That's her favorite professor here. Yeah. And I love her. <laughs> Lori Rice, this is now... A fan podcast yeah. for you. Single-handedly doing it by myself, making this a fan <laughs> podcast. Well, the Supreme Court actually did something that wasn't expected recently, which is uphold ICWA, which is the Indian Child Welfare Act, which basically um, says that if an, a Native American child is orphaned, they are legally su- allowed to stay within their um within their reservation or tribe. And this was a very big deal for Native Americans and indigenous people because before this, they were being sent to um, schools that were basically stripped them of their identity and their religion and forced them to be Christian. And um, a lot of children were killed at these schools. Um, If you hear anything about the news in Canada, there was a lot of a lot of death in Canada and even more in the United States and hasn't really been mentioned here, but that was a massive case for the rights of Native American people in the United States. And surprisingly, um, it held up. Uh, There was a bunch of white families wanting to adopt Native American children and a ton of justices that were expected to vote to overturn this actually voted to uphold it, which is kind of crazy. The only ones who didn't were, surprise, surprise, Clarence Thomas and what's his name? Amy Coney Barrett and what's, ugh, the weird one. (laughs) I gotta look the justice up. What was the uh, argument against it? Um, It goes against, I think it was religious freedom or discrimination based on race or something or religion and race they were saying oh because we're white you're not letting us adopt these children which i think they ruled that native americans were not a political group of any sort right so they upheld it i gotta look up the justices give me the justices names i don't remember if it was a show or if this was a real life thing but i remember seeing something about this girl who went with like a white family and she was Native American she so she was like an orphan and she was living with them for a while Mm -hmm. and then she got taken away to be with a Native American family um so I don't know anything about that but I know that happened a lot a lot that's why this case was so important to Native Americans it was they were very scared that this was going to be overturned because it basically upheld their sovereignty you know Um, The United States has been very, they've been very up in Native Americans' business since we first got here, and that case was really important to giving some of that sovereignty back, even if it's not enough. So it's um, Roberts, I think his name is, and, or wait, no, it might have been Alito. I think it's Alito, but it's pretty impressive. Seven to two vote, which was definitely not expected. Definitely Mm -hmm. not expected at all. 
I just want the names. Thank you, NPR. It was um, Holland versus Brackeen. That was the name of the case. But I know it was Clarence Thomas because that man scares me so much. He's on the same level as... He looks like he's melting. He definitely needs to retire. I know who you're talking about. Yes. I don't know who it is. Yes. But... I, oh, gosh. He was... It starts with an M. He was the oh. Republican House Speaker. I need to know. <laughs> I know. He's so scary to me. That man lives in my nightmares. He's always dripping. I don't know he's if he wears like, makeup. That's or... Giuliani. Giuliani is also dripping. But I'm talking about another guy, and he needed to retire at least 20 years ago. I don't know. I just looked up dripping politicians. <laughs> There's probably it's, at least 50 of them. You're, you're not narrowing it down. Miss yeah. <laughs> Lori Rice showed me this page. I love it. It tells you everything you need to know in a tiny little screen. I love it. Oh, dissenting Thomas and Alito. Wow. Never would have guessed that. Found them. <laughs> Alito and Thomas. Boo. Boo. There was a point you brought up earlier about lot of politicalization of the court mm -hmm. you know what what other cases have you recognized that have fallen into that category this is the perfect question for Lori rice she'd tell us all about it um but definitely ICWA. ICWA was a major case that was expected to be politicized politicized and a lot of the stuff that they're hearing this term I don't know any of the m major ones. I could try and look those up because I follow it, but not closely, closely, because, you know, I'm taking a break because it's summer and I work 70 hours a week and don't have time. Yay. Yay, Walmart. Oh Thank God I don't have to be there today. An old man came up to me with a bottle of coffee creamer and he <laughs> said, did you take Spanish in high school? And I said, no. And he said, can you tell me what this word means? And the word was churro. <laughs> and I said, I think it's like a donut. And I think it's he didn't hear dough. me. It's fried <laughs> dough with cinnamon sugar on it. Churros are so good. There's something about the Walmart demographic that just, God. like, I, I I don't know. It doesn't matter, like, when you're there that you have a lot of the same types of people. And it's just bizarre. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's like everyone knows it, but it's like what what about Walmart draws this specific population? I don't know, man. Like, it's what? Why weird. is it specifically Walmart that like draws that type of population? I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I know it's know. everywhere, but like, it's it's you, so you bad at Walmart. You, you know, it's <laughs> it's we, so bad. We have this guy who comes to jewelry once every three months always doing something weird uh-huh so this one day this night i sold him a chain mm -hmm. and the next day he comes back he returns it and we don't have little bags to put the chains in but he brings it back in a little bag and i uh -huh. do the return for him i open the thing and i take it out and i'm like this looks weird there's something wrong with this because it's cut in half Oh, my God. And I'm like, well, he didn't say anything about that. He just said, oh, she didn't like it, so I'm bringing it back because it was a gift for whatever. So it's a 20-inch chain, and I bring out another 20-inch chain, and he cut off, like, five inches. <laughs> he just, like, took some gold off the chain and probably sold it for, like, 20 bucks. <laughs> so very Walmart. I'm going to make you guys play a quick guessing game. 
because this haunts me in my dreams, but I dispense to cars. How many cars do you think I have dispensed to that have dirty diapers in them? How many cars? Give me a number. One through 20. Well, I don't know the... Okay, one through 20, because I don't know the average number. One of, through 10. I'm going oh, with four. eight. Eight? I'm going to go with five. Six. Six separate cars. In the last month, three of them. And it's not just in the general vicinity. I've had to put groceries on them. I've had to get in the cars and put the groceries on top of the dirty diapers. What makes me mad? The, <laughs> it's so funny. But there's like two separate sections of that department. And like there's a rivalry. Like the dispensers hate the pickers and the pickers are just mad at the dispensers. But they will put like one item per bag and it'll be like a tiny little mascara. And that makes me so mad. And then they won't use the meat bags. So I have to touch the chicken juice. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the chicken juice. Mm-hmm. Guys, do not buy chicken from Walmart. This is anti-Walmart, even though we don't work there, actually. This is, no. we don't work there, no. uh, actually. So <laughs> it's okay. No one, li- no one's going to listen to this. It's fine. Actually, the wa- CEO of Walmart is going to listen to this right now, telling you this. Actually, this is Undercover Boss. I'm Sam Walton, and you're going to get fired. No. No. Did you you know how in like North Korea you have to have a picture in of every the, single yes. house? Yes. You know how there's a framed picture of Sam Walton? Yes. It's so creepy. He went to um our old Walmart store in my hometown and <laughs> my boss has told me about that so much. I'm tired of the Sam paraphernalia <laughs> at Walmart. Why is the entire website like a stupid little red truck because he drove a red truck? My favorite propaganda from Walmart, though. You do the U-learns, right? Yeah. It's basically like (laughs) training on on a little computer. Uh, What's your favorite one? I gotta know. Oh, my God. Mine is the one where it tells you specifically, like, don't clean up blood, don't touch the blood, (laughs) but absolutely clean up the feces and vomit. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not doing that. My favorite one, it's really bad. But it's the mass shooter one. I love that one. Because it's a video. The same the, video. The production value, though, yeah. is crazy. Mm-hmm. They put so much money into that silly little you learn. And my favorite part is when it's like avoid, deny, defend. So mm-hmm. ADD. And deny, they have a bunch of people like, oh no, the shooter's coming this way. We gotta attack grab him. Grab a keyboard. Yes. <laughs> grab a keyboard. And they smack, and like one of those like landline phones, they take it yeah. off. The, the coil is just a tiny little plastic phone. We're gonna hit him with this phone. <laughs> We're gonna hit the gunman. <laughs> with a phone. But this lady takes the keyboard and smashes it over the guy's head. And then in the next clip, you just see keys flying everywhere. oh my god do you have you seen that i I've love never that noticed part. that look i wow. know you'll get it like the next couple days <laughs> they do it like once a month i can you have to watch that. it like once a oh month. yeah no they get on us about it too they're like did you do your you learn say it do that do that today do that today no. and then they like have a little they're like mark your name off i'm yeah. like it's one thing that's doing two months i swear it's okay you know i kind of like doing them because then i go back there for like 
30 minutes yeah. and I'm just watching my 10 minute video, but I'm also on my phone. Yeah, so I don't pay attention. Okay. I, I don't pay attention. I'm sorry, Walmart. You make me do this every year. No. I mean, that's like in the military, we have e-learnings and we have to do like <laughs> 30, 40 of them like annually. Then there's biannual. Then there's some that fall. They all fall on different dates. So they're like turning yellow, like three will turn yellow one month. And being a reservist, I'm usually at the unit once a month. So I get there and it's like, oh, you have like four in the yellow. Okay, let's do them. <laughs> then I come back the like next month and it's like, oh, now you have like 10 more that are in the yellow. It's like, how did that, wh what is this spacing for? Because, you know, military runs on different schedules because like you have your fiscal year, which is like, you know, the year that your unit runs on. Then you have like... The Coast Guard year that it runs on. Then you have your birthday year, which is where all your medical stuff falls on. So it's just like a lot of arbitrary numbers that just fall all over the place. Then you have your anniversary year that falls on different <laughs> fiscal years. You know, the like year you signed on. And it's like, so, you know, the those types of e-learning things, it's just, they've gotten better, I think, since I've got in. But mm -hmm. it's just at a point you talk to anyone and they've memorized it oh, yeah. to the point where they're just like, they click through it. I got which it memorized. Mostly. I guess to a point, you know, gets them exactly what they're wanting to get out of it is, you know, you know yeah. the answers, but at the same time, if there's any new information in them, they're just going to know enough to pass. Yeah. They're, they're just designed to be too long. It's like a lot of the ones that, uh, SIUE was doing for a while for the like, uh, sexual harassment trainings that yeah. were just like five six hours long most of the information being you know extended or arbitrary uh -huh. it's one of those that there's a reason people ignored it and it's not because they didn't care it's because they're like this is just another thing to yeah. do to distract me from school that's yeah. six hours long yeah i just want to rush through it i think there's a better way to do that kind of training here at siue like i think it should be maybe like a class where you have to like actually go to it so you actually learn. I feel like that's just easy to not do. Well, I think an important part of that type of subject is having discussion-based classes. Yeah. Because you're gonna have to bring different perspectives in there and mm -hmm. you're going to hear perspectives that you've not heard before, regardless of what group you have in the room. Yeah. I mean, we have a freshman seminar class. I didn't have to take that. I'm I, in the honors program. I didn't have to take that. I think, I mean, I learned a lot in my honors classes, but I, but I mean, like, there could it, be a better way to I do feel it. like they could, they could expand that class a lot more in general. Yeah. Like that, that class, it's one credit hour. And from my understanding, I never went to a uh, springboard, that thing you go to. Uh, yeah. I yeah. wish I didn't go to that. I, I never, <laughs> I, it's I, the worst I was in my life. <laughs> it, you know, and no one believed me that I didn't go to it until, like, I had to fight them for it, but I was at boot camp during it. So, <laughs> oh. like, I couldn't go. They're like, no, you couldn't go here if you didn't go. I was like, right. well, I got an exception. I didn't go. <laughs> so like a lot of students there were complaining that the uh, freshman seminar class was exactly the stuff that they went over at Springboard. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it was all new information. But for them, that was kind of their biggest complaint. But it's one credit hour, which is just a weird class to throw in there as a freshman seminar, whereas they could address subjects like those annual trainings there. Yeah. And make it more of a discussion-based topic because it's not it's not one that you're you know i i get it they're trying to get the like baseline knowledge but you're not going to 
gain much from that, you know, because people who already are well versed in the topic aren't going to gain anything from that. No. People who aren't aren't all of a sudden going to have a strong understanding yeah. of it, just knowing the baseline definitions that have lots of room for interpretation. Walmart can give me as many spill you learns as they want mm. to on how to clean up different chemicals, but I'm I didn't <laughs> learn until I actually had to sit in an aisle for thirty minutes waiting for somebody to come help me clean up pickle juice and jars shattered everywhere. I wanna close it off with obsessions. We did this last week and I was yes. it's so fun. I was unprepared. I but love I have this. I have something this time. Go ahead. So I'm right now really into this TikTok account and it's called Kids Getting Hurt. Because <laughs> it. it's just kids, and they're they're not like getting hurt, like really injured, they're but they're like falling over themselves. <laughs> and my favorite thing is that saying where it's like, drunk adults act like toddlers, <laughs> but when you reverse it and it's like toddlers that act like drunk adults, <laughs> it's so funny. And I try to show my boyfriend, but like he's a coach and he works with kids, and uh -huh. he's like, I I don't want to see that. Like I don't want to see kids get hurt, and I'm it's like, funny. you're no fun. It's hilarious. It's funny. I love. I don't really like kids. I love them though. But it's so funny when they fall. They just topple like, over themselves. They, they'll just like barely hit the ground and immediately they're screaming their yeah. head off in pain. I'm sorry. I love kids, kind of, but it's funny. But, but, but that's your beat. That is my beat. So in case you don't know what a beat is, so in I journalism, don't. a beat, I got to explain for the people. The people got to know. Santana. A beat is something that you specifically cover. So like um, our news editor, is that his name? What is he? Like, is it? Is he the news editor, Bruce? Uh, managing editor. Managing editor. Managing editor. So he does, like, the news section of our paper. And he his beat is, like, union. So you cover this one specific thing and get really in, in control of that. And for some reason, I have been given the beat of construction, so I just go and take pictures of buildings um, under construction. And kids. I always take pictures of kids. Oh, it's awful because you have to go up to the kid and you're like, hey, can I take a picture of you? Can I see where your parents are so I can ask them for permission? And I'm like, and they're like, I don't know where they are. <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh. and then I'm like, do you know how to spell your name? And they're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny every time. And it drains me because it's just screaming kids everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think where you run into like issues is where you're like at you're covering like a fair or something oh God, yes. and then you have the kids section. So then you're like, okay, as a photojournalist, how great do I handle photos. this? You, you know, you get great photos, but who are you going to be that person over there with a camera taking it's pictures so of the weird. kids? I feel like, so bad. At least it's not, you know, they didn't have like a older guy do it. That would yeah, have been kind of like a weird. tiny, tiny little girl yeah, who looks like a sophomore in high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, I'm like, how, how do I tackle this case? Because I'm just like, I'm over here. I'm like, this is my job. Like, I have to <laughs> yeah. take these photos. Yeah. But at the same time, like. I look so weird I, with a camera in front of a bunch of kill children. Because then you also have to, like, watch and see where their parents are. Because you're like, <laughs> mm -hmm. okay, I have these photos. I have to ask permission. But you've already gotten the photos. And you're like, okay, you're running around. You're watching them. Like, you're like, okay, that person. They know that person. Who is this person? And you have to start asking the questions. And I've never run into any actual issues for it, but it just feels weird yeah. standing there, like, uh -huh. distanced from, like, the kids' fair section with a camera. 
Okay, kids getting hurt. That's my obsession for the Good. week. Good. Damien. I mean, definitely how much free time I have with the like seven so stories I'm working on simultaneously. <laughs> I decided it was a good idea to start a game that's over 200 hours long. Oh my yeah. god, that it's, sounds like something you would do. Right, I'm like, oh yeah, I have time for this. Yeah, duh. totally. And then I sit there, I'm like, oh, what, what did I do? I'm like, oh wait, they have a sequel? I'm like, oh great, now I have 500 hours Yay. worth of games that I don't have time for. What game is it? Uh, it's it, it was a Pathfinder series. So I've played some like D&D, Dungeons and Dragons uh-huh. 5e. Uh-huh. Uh, fifth edition is what it is, but Pathfinder is like a branch off of that never never played it but it's kind of a lot of a lot of people describe it as the more complicated version of dungeons and dragons so i was like eh, let's let's try it you know this is the first time it's been made into video game form so i was like ah let's try it you know it's a good game but it's just it over the last like year i've completed one of them and i'm like yeah it overstays its welcome I'm like mm. I'm like it's 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 good but 260 hours later I'm I'm good. Yeah. And but it's one of those that I'm like why 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 did I start this because now it's now I I don't I don't have the time for this. But it that's kind of the way I do everything is I'm like oh yeah let's let's you know start some new music projects. Let's start some new projects while I don't have time for it. Yeah. Okay. I am the most indecisive person you've ever met, so I have, like, two obsessions right now. Okay. One of them, Boy Genius. It's a band, Phoebe Bridgers, Mm -hmm. Julian Baker, and Lucy Dacus. I love them. The ex-Christian inside of me loves their music because my boy Julian, they're all women, but they're the boys. They are oh. the boys. They're <laughs> she used to be like Southern Baptist, so like mm-hmm. it's all kind of inspired. Like they all learned how to play guitar in a church, so it kind of sounds like that. But boy genius, I love you. Slay, I love you. And then go ahead, Damien. Uh, uh, I heard you take a breath in. <laughs> no, I was, I was curious. What? Where did that name come from? Like, I don't know. They're boys. They're the boys. They refer okay. to themselves as the boys. I figured if it was your obsession, you might know the story behind no. it. No, no. I just, I do know that um, they're touring right now, and I would love to go to one of their tours because they're in, I think it's their ending song. They all, like, run around and, like, jump on each other. Julian plays the guitar, and she's finishing a riff, and they're, like, pulling her down on top of them. Like, she falls to the ground on top of them, and she's oh still playing her guitar. Like, she just trusts them so much to not let her get hurt, and I love that. And then my second obsession is humans being humans, because, you know, it's kind of sweet. Like, the other day, I was having a bad day, and I was just taking groceries out in the 90-degree weather, and there's these two girls giggling in the soap aisle, and they're, like, giggling over, like, smelling things, and they're like, shush, you're going to get us kicked out, you're being so loud. And they were, like, little middle school girls just, like, hanging out in the Walmart, uh, we have a soccer field in my hometown. I was driving by it to go pick up my friend. And there was just a bunch of like high schoolers and like graduated high schoolers just out playing a soccer game just for fun. And I just think that's so fun. Like when humans just do human things. Your obsession is people. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like this world sucks and it's nice to see people like actually 
yeah. having fun in it somehow, yeah. some way. Like it restores my faith in humanity. I get that. I get what you're saying, but I don't want to see anyone having a good time at Walmart. <laughs> it makes me mad when people are happy at Walmart. I can't. So true. So true. But then sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I want to die. I want to go home. Yeah. When people bring their dogs to pick up groceries. <gasps> I love it. I met one. It was a little Italian greyhound and it had like an older adult, like an older man. He was like, yeah, he lives with two like older adults. We're just trying to socialize him. <laughs> the Italian Greyhound and its name Hubble, like like the, Aww, like, like the, the telescope. Space. Yeah, I love Hubble. I need that person to come back so I can see Hubble again. I haven't seen Hubble in a couple months. Did you say an Italian Greyhound or a Greyhound? An Italian Greyhound. Oh, so cute. I know, so sweet, so sweet. Just a little awkward dog. Yes, and he was so sweet. I miss him so much. And then they brought the sister a couple days later, and I don't remember the sister's name, but Aww. she was equally as sweet. Do you guys have a joke? I don't have a um, joke to close it up. Bruce always has the joke. I know. Hang on. Let me look one up. I'm going to look up a joke. No, I guys. Think, I listen, have a really funny joke that I prepared. In the, start in the middle of the joke and just cut it off. Oh, yeah. That'd be a funny bit. I think you could commit to the bit at that part. Yeah. Just, like, start the joke and not finish it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have much right now. Hey, what do you call, what do you call someone in the Coast Guard, Damien? Do, do you know the answer to that? I, I very much know the answer to that. It's a puddle pirate. And I think that's so funny. Puddle pirate. I I love when those types of terms make people mad. That's, mm. what, that's what I love. Because <laughs> there, there there's some people who genuinely get offended by yeah. that type of yeah. thing. And I'm like, there, there's no reason to. Like, I... I love that. That's how I'll introduce myself when people ask about puddle the Coast Guard pirate. Is, as a puddle pirate. It's it's and, such yeah. a good nickname. I want to be called like, that. It's so well, cool. That makes I, me want to join the Coast Guard. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, no, I I mean, I, I could tell a brief story about the uh, some a jokester in the Coast Guard. And he convinced a bunch of people in St. Or convinced a guy in St. Louis who probably told other people that his job was to be a pool inspector. <laughs> because he was in an elevator with the with you know they were coming off of our unit and you know they were staying in a hotel because they were at a distance and you know it, the the common question is ghost guard what are you doing in st louis and you know that's the common thing and he looked at him with a straight face and was just like we're the pool inspector <laughs> we go around to like all the hotel pools and we inspect the pools yep and Never corrected the guy. So the guy walked <laughs> off, and I love the concept of this guy in St. Louis who just, like, believes that the Coast Guard is there to inspect hotel pools. Like, I would believe that. Right, right. I'm so he probably tells a bunch of people, and then they, like, now that's what they think we're there for, and it's great. Yeah. I called my coworker at Walmart a puddle pirate because he was in the Navy. <laughs> I've never seen him so mad. Aww. Do you want to know what the nickname for the Navy is? Because it's so... Stupid compared to Puddle what Pirate. The squids. That's dumb. That's stupid. Why would you want to be called a squid when you could be a Puddle Pirate? Yeah. Puddle Pirates for life. Thank yep. you, Puddle Pirates. Do you want to hear the joke that yes. I brought and I prepared? Yes. So prepared. I forgot. Hang on. There's an ad. No. <laughs> what do you call a pig that does karate? A pork chop. Boo.